Good afternoon, everyone. Hello and welcome to Nevermind the Buy Box. My name is Natalie and I'm here to talk to you live about everything that's kind of been going on, on Amazon over the last week or so since we saw you last. So firstly, if you are tuning in uh, to see Tom Parkinson this week, I do apologize. I got my dates wrong and it's actually going to be next week that he's going to be joining us. So um, it's just me this week. Uh, well, I was going to say, unfortunately, but it depends how you look at it, I suppose. Um, but if you can let us know if, well, let me know, one, if we've gone live. I see a few people jumping on uh, now. Just let me know in the comments if you can see and hear me okay. And I'm going to run through this week, um, I'm going to run through a few different questions going to have a little bit of a uh, a different feel to never mind the buy box this week so it's just going to be me uh so i'm going to be talking to myself uh essentially uh but not in a mad way obviously i'm just going to jump into the comments um just so i can see who is there hi phil hope you're well um just let us know if you can see and hear okay um fingers crossed you guys can uh, I've got both groups up, so hopefully I should be able to see who's commenting and who isn't, etc. Uh, fingers crossed. Hi, guys. Hi, David. Hope you're well. How is everyone? Let me know in the comments. Hopefully you guys are doing okay. I think I should be able to jump into this one. Yeah, there we go. Okay, good. I can get the comments up as we come through. Hi, Julia. Right, hooray. Glad you found us. Hi, Debbie. Um, Julia was uh, having trouble. These lives are a bit tricky now, I think, because of the way that Facebook, um, I don't know whether they send out notifications or, or whatever. Uh, I don't really know how the algorithm works, you know, because some people, even though we're live, some people just cannot find the stream. So uh, apologies, um, you know, if you couldn't find us, we only broadcast live uh, through Facebook now. We are going to, um, we're going to do things a little bit slightly different in the sense that I think, um, we're definitely for the hive, I don't know if we're gonna do it for Nevermind the Buy Box, um, but I think we are looking at broadcasting through Zoom as well, because I think some, some of the people have said about, um, you know, being able to to come off it because when you're on a uh, Facebook Live only, um, if you come off it, you lose the thread and you and you can't listen to it as well. So we are aware of that and we're looking into that at the moment because obviously, I appreciate that some of you guys uh, watch this while you're you know prepping or 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 something like that. Ultimately, so we want to make sure that you've got the opportunity uh, to do that. So, hi Chris. Uh, looks like I have to authorize Streamyard every time. Yeah, looks like a little bit of a bummer, unfortunately, for that. Uh, Donna says, "Afternoon, afternoon to you as well." Um, so, what we're going to do today is uh, I've picked up a few questions throughout the week, and this is something we do in the Hive, and it works really, really well. Um, and I think sometimes when there's so many advantages about Facebook groups and communities and things like this, but sometimes what can happen is someone can ask a really in-depth question and, you know, a typed response may not be the best response it, for a couple of reasons. It might not 
convey what you need to. Uh, you might not get the tone of what's needed or something like that. So every now and again, I think it's good to just pull a few questions that, you know, were answered in the group anyway as well, or, or things that I see coming up on a regular basis, and just dive into those in a little bit more detail. And then hopefully you guys will be able to pick up some uh, gold nuggets along the way as well, because, you know, when we talk about it freely and we answer questions and that type of thing, then um, what tends to happen is uh, the knowledge bombs naturally uh, tend to drop. And then what we we'll do is we'll go through a few of these questions. And I've tried to pick a mix of questions, um, some sort of more towards the beginner side, some uh, moderate and some advanced. So we're covering a wide variety. So even if you hear me talking about some, you know, kind of more basic stuff, please don't switch off because um, not everybody knows everything. And that includes me at the end of the day. And sometimes, um, you know, just by going back and, 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 or assuming, you know, everything, it, you can almost block yourself for things that you may, you, you know, you may or may not be doing uh, within your business. You might be doing it right. You might be doing it wrong, you know, that type of thing. So always keep yourself open. I can't remember what the phrase is, but you know, it's something like the day that you don't uh, learn or, or something like that is, is, is the day. Oh, I don't know. Whatever it is. You guys know what I mean. You've always got to be learning. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so once then we go through those questions, I want you to drop any questions uh, as we go along. Cindy's joined us as well. Afternoon to you, my lovely as well. Uh, then what I also want to do is I, I want to spend a few minutes going through the worry of the week the win of the week and the observation of the week. So I'm literally going to turn into Jerry Springer this week, uh, I think, uh, God rest his soul, and, um, you know, go through my kind of reflection of the week. There we go. That's it. Thank you, Cindy. You always rescue me. Albert Einstein is reported to have stated, once you stop learning, you start dying. Absolutely. And I don't know if this is the same as anyone else, but I definitely feel at this point in my life, I'm further, you know, I'm furthest away than I've ever been uh, for any type of formal education. But I feel that I am more enthusiastic about learning more now than I have ever done so uh, in his life. So, um, you know, it's 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 one of those type of things that you've always got to leave yourself uh, open to it for sure. So, yeah, God rest his soul, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's good to go through uh, some of these things. So any questions, obviously pop them, uh, pop them in the comments as we go along. We'll answer them live. I say we because there's normally a, there's normally like me and someone else here. So I'm just going to say the royal we today, as in it's just me uh, that's going to be going through and answering any questions. So, like I said, if you if you are just joining in and expecting to see Thomas Parkinson, who I said was going to be on at the end of last week's show was going to be on this week's show. Uh, yeah, totally got it wrong. And I mixed up my date. So he is going to be here next week. And that's going to be a really great session because we're going to dive deep in, you know, into, you know, some of the reasons why I chose to leave the, the UK market, what he's doing in the US market, uh, amongst other things. Anyone knows that, you know, whenever you get the opportunity to ask Tom questions live, it's always a good one. So uh, looking forward to that next week. So make sure you don't miss it next week. But let's focus on the present uh, for the moment. So I want to go through and answer some of these questions. So. Um, Good afternoon. 
Not sure who that is. Uh, let me jump on. Oh, it's David watching from the other group. Hi, David. Hope you're well. Okay, so I'm going to go through these questions. And like I said, I'll, I'll read them out. I was trying to figure out a way I could put the questions up on the screen. But unfortunately, uh, unless someone asks the question, I can't do that. The, you know, the technology is not that strong, especially with me, um, you know, at the front of it. So uh, it was actually Paul that asked this question. I get this question quite a lot, actually, um, which is I have a product that I've bought RA. And it's a well-known U.S. brand, but it's available in the U.S. Uh, sorry, in the U.K. Uh, but the product does not have a barcode to list on Amazon. Should I list it as generic and hide the label on the photographs and make it only a text reference to the brand in the description? I've tried image searches. I've searched all of the different marketplaces to see if they can find uh, pools to see if he can find a barcode, but without any luck. So this is a little bit of a complex one, actually, because it really depends. Now, obviously, this is this is written. So it could be one of two things. It could be that Paul means that there is no physical barcode on the product whatsoever. Or it could be that there is a barcode on the product, but it's not scanning, i.e. it's not bringing up uh, a product when you scan it under Bybot Pro, SaaS. Um, oh, here we go. Perfect. Thanks, Andy. Um, obviously, answered uh, asked by Paul. So, um, and whether you, you know, when you scan the barcode, but it comes up with nothing. It doesn't come up, you know, with any product whatsoever. So it could be one of those two reasons. Uh, it could be something else, but I doubt it. It's more likely to be one of those two reasons. So the first one is, if the product has no barcode, then actually, yes, the right thing to do is uh, to assign it a barcode and list it under generic. However, I probably, if you do not have any barcodes, then I, I wouldn't go ahead and buy a barcode for it. What I would actually go ahead and do is get a GTI and exemption for generic, and I would list it under that. So you just need to go through, if you have not received a GTI and uh, exemption, for generic as yet. So this exists for products that do not have barcodes on them, um, that have not been issued a barcode. Then what you will need to do is go ahead and take pictures, real world pictures of the product, like holding it in your hand or like on a table or something like that. So we're talking not professional level products. Go through, take a series of those products, uh, pictures of those products from every side of the product, good enough quality so Amazon can zoom in on them, whoever's going to be reviewing it, submit that, um, and then you can apply for a GTI and exemption once that has been approved, and then you can list it under that GTI and exemption and then list it under generic. That's what that purpose is, is actually for. Now, I'm not going to go into all the the reasons, you know, what you should use and what you shouldn't use and, and blah, 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 because it is obviously not a generic product, it's a branded product. But if it doesn't have a barcode, that is actually what Amazon terms of service state that you should go ahead and um, you should list it under a GTI exemption for um, for generic. So I would actually do it in that case. Now, Double caveat with that is if you put the brand name in the title, it may well be, and if it's a protected brand name, which 
Without a barcode, I don't know if it would be, then you could well receive a suspected IP claim for that. So, you know, Paul obviously knows what he's talking about in the sense that he's aware that it could flag up a potential uh, suspected IP infringement for that. And if it does, then what you can do is just remove that brand name out of the title. Because when you list under generic, you are more likely to receive a, um, you're more likely to receive a suspected IP claim as opposed to listing it under your own brand. And that's the only options now to either list it under your own brand or to list it under generic. There are no other options to be able to uh, to list under now. So if it's a case of that, then absolutely, that's what I would go ahead and do. Uh, I would try it with the, uh, the brand name in the title first of all, if I got suspected IP, then I would remove it from the title and just, you know, try my best. But if there's no brand detail in the listing in any way, shape or form, then it is going to be a little bit more difficult for that product to take off. Uh, because, you know, if a customer searching the brand and you are not associated with the brand, then obviously it's going to be just that little bit more difficult. So if it's the other uh, you know, option, whereas it has a barcode, but it's not finding the barcode. What do you do in that scenario? Well, to be perfectly honest, it's almost a similar answer to, um, you know, answer number one, uh, essentially, your choice is to either contact the, the, um, the company themselves, and ask them to issue a barcode for it, you know, if, but, you know, depends how big the company is. So if it's like Cabri, I can't ring Cabri up and say, hey, could you issue me a barcode? Because I'm not sure if you're aware, your, uh, you know, crunchy um, two pack is not available on Amazon. And, you know, you guys are going to be missing a trick there. Um, you know, Cabri are not going to care. They're not going, you know, not even going to take my phone call, essentially, and not even going to give me the time of day to be able to, uh, you know, issue me a barcode. If it's a smaller product, potentially, but then you could also be opening up the, um, you know, the potential that they might not want their products sold on Amazon. And if it's just the one product and they're in the US, it's a lot of faff to be perfectly honest, that's what I'm trying to say, is that kind of route of getting somebody to issue a, a barcode because they're the only ones that can issue it for that brand, then that's a lot of faff. But, you know, it depends how resilient you are. Um, it might be worth it if you think that it's going to be, you know, a good seller. But ultimately, um, you can do the same as in answer number one. So you could still list it under a GTI exemption, uh, under generic. Um, you could list it with your own barcode under generic and put that as the brand is the and the manufacturer. However, uh, listing under generic is becoming more and more difficult and it is linking to a lot more suspected IP claims. So there is a risk that comes with that. Now, you're not able to list under the brand itself because you're not the brand. You know, that is what the Amazon brand name policy is, is about now. Unfortunately, you cannot list any product that you do, you know, that you are not the brand owner of. So you have to make a decision on something like that is whether or not you were to put it over you, under your own brand if you have 
um, that opportunity to be able to do it. But then you would need to represent that product accordingly that you are not claiming to be the brand. So creating your own listings on Amazon is definitely something that's a little bit of a, a mindful. It's changed a lot over the years. Um, and it can be complex in the sense that what, what might work for one brand might not work for another. So, you know, there's all these different types of things. Now, what you can also do, which not a lot of people are aware of, if you find a product that is not listed under the Amazon catalog, you can actually apply to Seller Central to have them list it on your behalf. So that is something that um, you can absolutely do for sure. So what you can do is, but you would need to prove that it does not exist on the Amazon catalog. So you would just need to send the details, take the real live, um, you know, the real, real world live pictures of the product, uh, send them through, say you you've, would like to sell this product on Amazon. You've done all of your searching. It doesn't actually exist. Is there a way that you can add this to the Amazon uh, product catalog. Now, of course, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. It really, really does depend on whether or not um, you have, uh, <laughs> well, I'm saying it in a nice way. It depends which, which seller central agent that you come across. If you get one that knows what they're talking about, hopefully it's something that can be done on your behalf. If it's a brand that's well known on Amazon, again, it's something that can actually be done, but I'm going to give that one a kind of 50, 50, uh, whether or not it would actually go ahead, um, and, be able to happen purely because um, it really would depend on the type of agent that you get, uh, whether or not they would go ahead and do that for you. But you don't ask, you don't get. Um, so, you know, it's always worth sending Seller Central a message just to see if it could be listed. Now, if you do want to know more about some of the risks involved in uh, how you connect or, or make connection between brands barcodes and everything like that. I did actually uh, release a new video on uh, Nevermind the Buy Box uh, YouTube channel last week, which actually goes into that in a bit more detail. So if you want to know a little bit more about the correlation between uh, barcodes and brands on Amazon and how they're connected and how it could potentially affect that listing in the future, then what I would say is uh, go ahead and watch that video. And we'll put that video in the link uh, when this goes up on a replay uh, on YouTube. So that's just going to connect the dots a little bit, hopefully between this answer and that video. And the lovely Cindy, there we go. What would I do without you has uh, put a link to that video there. But if you're watching on replay, we'll also make sure um, that we put that link uh, in the comments or in the description as well. So uh, Mark, oh, good to see you, Mark, uh, has joined us and he's just asked a question here. So I'm going to go ahead and answer this one before moving on to the next one. If you are Paul, then I will uh, tag you a little bit later on and say that I answered this um, in the um you know, in the, in the live broadcast. If you're not watching, then obviously, well, hopefully you'll be watching later anyway. Uh, so this is Mark. So I'm going to have my own private label products from the UK that will be sold on Amazon, eBay and my website. I propose to have a barcode on the product. Do I need a separate code for Amazon 
all use the same one as my product. No, so if you are allocating a barcode to it, it's universal. So uh, I would recommend getting yourself a GS1 account. Uh, it costs £119 a year plus VAT, and that will give you up to, I think it's a thousand barcodes, um, which, you know, should be more than enough. Um, I, I literally only know one person that has to, you know, you know, take out more than that every year, um, not including myself, to be perfectly honest. So um, that should be more than sufficient. Don't be tempted to go for the 99 for 100 because, you know, well, you can, but it's not it's not really worth it. You know, and it's tax deductible anyway as well. Um, but go ahead, sign up to GS1. And then what you need to do is presumably you're going to go down the brand registry route. Then what happens is you can go ahead and um, once you've got your brand registry authorized, if it hasn't been authorized already, then you can go ahead and allocate those barcodes to those specific products. And that barcode in the UK, it's an EAN code, and it's a universally recognized code. If you're in the UK, uh, the US, it's UPC, which is universal product code, EAN uh, in the UK. But you should be able to, both of those should be recognized worldwide. So you do not need a separate code for that Um other than your uh, SKU that you will set up when you list the products on Amazon, and that will become form uh, that will form part of your custom SKU, which will become your FN SKU. But yeah, your barcode, and you'll need that when you go ahead and list the product under your bat under your uh, brand. It will say EAN code, and it will be a drop down, and then you just have to put in the. This is where I get tested. 14-digit code. I believe it's 14 digits for EAN and 13 digits for UPC. So, um, or it's the other way around. I can never remember. I, I think it's 13. I Yeah, I think it's 13 for UPC. Uh, and this is where Matt Cromie comes in and goes, no, it's the other way around. But either way, um, yeah, it's uh, one digit more or less, depending on if it's UPC or EAM. But ultimately, no, you don't need another one. That's uh, that's absolutely fine. Oh, it's 12 and 13, someone said. Oh, it's Matt. Oh, he's my nemesis, honestly. Well, it's either 12 and 13 or, or, or 13 and 14. Yeah. You can tell in our relationship, Matt is the, uh, uh, he's the one that dots the I's and crosses the T's, definitely. Uh, but it doesn't make any difference. So, yeah, hopefully that's sorted for you. Uh, yes, thank you for that, um, Cindy. So, Cindy has posted, if you're going to sign up to GS1, great tip there. Uh, which I wasn't even aware about. It was, uh, I believe it was Cindy that found this. So really great share. Thank you for that. So uh, use EN20 in the check a, uh, checkout and you'll get 20% off. So, you know, don't be a mug like me and pay full price. Uh, be smart like Cindy and get 20% off for sure. So afternoon, guys. Welcome, everyone uh, that's joining us now. So, yeah, we're just going through a kind of Q&A session uh, today, just uh, answering any questions uh, on the group. So uh, hopefully that's quite good, actually, because it would link from barcodes from, from one into the other. So the next question that I've got, apologies. Oh, 
I'm going to pronounce this right, uh, this name wrong. Uh, I think it's Sulacan or Sulascan. Um, apologies for my really bad uh, pronunciation. Uh, but I'll just go ahead and talk about it. So um, it says, morning, anyone. Can anyone help with clarifying refunds? Does the inventory return back to itself? I've got some returns showing as customer damage as well as returned back to sale. If it's customer damage, am I allowed to request a refund for the damages? So here we go. Perfect. Oh, you are on fire today, Cindy. Thank you. Um, now with this, and again, this is something which it seems like a very, very kind of beginner-focused question, um, you know, to be talking about refunds, reimbursements, what do we do, you know, that type of thing. Well, one, there's going to be people that are going to be watching this that aren't aware of it. But even if you are, and I have proven this time and time again, in some of our paid mentorships, uh, ones that we've done previously and ones that we've done in the Hive, we often talk about reimbursements and refunds and, you know, all of the different processes of how you can go around doing it. And we prove time and time again, even with the most experienced sellers that have been selling for five plus years, that you can still get reimbursements and refunds that you are probably missing out on. And, you know, we talk about that in, 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 in a lot of detail. So I want to talk about that a little bit today as well. And I thought it was a good opportunity to do it. So first things first, in regards to this actual question, I'm going to, my if you can hear my voice is going, luckily I'm not doing the hive tonight. Matthew Wright's going to be doing it, which I saw he popped in earlier. Uh, otherwise, uh, I don't think my voice is going to be left by the end of today got my massive water bottle uh, as well. So firstly, with the answer to your specific question. So the first thing you have to do is you have to wait up to 45 days for Amazon um, to receive that return back. So whatever the reason for the return, then the customer gets the opportunity uh, to return it back. If they do not return it back within 45 days, then regardless of the, the return request uh, or refund, then you can go ahead and claim for reimbursement, okay? So it must be received back in your inventory. And if it's not within 45 days, then you can just go ahead and get straight reimbursement. Now, if it comes back after the 45 days, and depending on the circumstances, so it may well be like, it gets lost and it didn't get checked in, then what will happen is if you've gone ahead and got a reimbursement for it and they find it and they find that it's resellable and they put it back into your inventory, then what actually will happen is Amazon will do something which is known as a clawback. So they will go ahead and claw back that money from a reimbursement point of view. The product will go back into your inventory and then you will get the opportunity to resell it. Now, what is actually a, quite a good scenario in that situation is probably by the time you sourced it, if there'd been any kind of like saturation and price tanking and everything like that, by the time it's gone round that full kind of circle, um, it may well be that you might be able to sell it for more than you got the reimbursement. So that actually happens quite a lot. Um, so it, it may work in your favor. People are like, oh no, Amazon's clawing back. Well, actually, a lot of the time it will actually work in your benefit. And it's one of those things 
it's too small to even sweat the small stuff on that, especially when you get to a certain level. So you've just got to know that the processes that you put in the place, that if it's not reimbursed, then it could be, you know, resold. It, it all comes to the systems that you put in place anyway. I was talking to someone about this this morning, you know, who someone we were talking about high level of refunds. And the thing is, we focus on the refunds and we focus on them more than we should. Uh, but the but the truth of it is, um, you know, if you get 10 refunds a day, there's a good chance that you're going to get 80 percent back of those refunds in various different forms, whether it's reimbursement, whether or not it's um, you get it back into your inventory to resell it or whether or not it's something that comes back to you and you can resell through a, a different medium. So the majority of it, we look at it at a very surface level. You know, it's human nature from a refund point of view. We look at it and say, oh, damn, I've had 10 refunds today. And you focus on that as a negative. But in reality, you know, you're going to get a high you know, percentage of that refund back. You're just not going to get it back on the same day, which is us as humans. That's the only way that we would accept that it would be OK. If I got 10 refunds and I got eight reimbursements at the end of the day, I'd be happy. You know, I you know, I would account for that 20 percent as loss as a cost of business. You know, and if you're making money within your business, then it becomes a taxable loss within your business. So it's, you know, it's a cost of business. It's fine. Uh, but it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. And that's where you just need to take it to that next level in terms of the mindset of being a business owner, which I think is really vital in today's climate. You know, COVID, when, when we talked about that over the last few years, you know, it, it was OK to run your business as a side hustle. But now it's important to make sure that you run it as a business operator and owner and you account for all of these things as business expenses, cost of business. You know, not necessarily. It's all right. Start as a side hustle, but you cannot scale these things as a side hustle. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's the first part of the question. You've got to wait 45 days before you can go after reimbursement. And if you do, uh, it, you know, if it doesn't come back, you can go after reimbursement. So what if it does come back in that period of time? Well, there's a couple of things that could happen to it. Now, depending on when it gets checked, when it comes back, the first option would be, is it in a resaleable condition? Are the guys from the fulfillment center going, they know to check it, is it going to go back into your inventory from that point of view? Well, again, that's anybody's guess. It depends who you get on the day. If you get someone that is a bit of a job's worth and they see a tiny little scuff on it, they may mark it as unsellable. You know, or if you get someone that just doesn't care, um, they might put it back into you and it's got a great dent in it or something like that. Now, the advice has always been there is an option on Seller Central that you can go ahead and you can automatically block all uh, returned items from going back into your inventory, okay? Because you do not see that product. So uh, again, this is going to be a mixed bag. 50% of people probably do this, 50% don't. So with our products, we don't automatically always resell um, uh, a product, don't allow it to go back into inventory. We've been burnt too many times. We've had return slips. It could be a switcheroo. You know, anyone, God, let's let's face 
you know, anyone that, that knows me for a while remember, you know, what we had with the ankle bracelets. If you know, you know, the, the prison ankle tags, if you know, you know. So it's, it's one of those things. So we don't automatically, especially on our own listings as well, where um, it's going to be harder to remove negative feedback, uh, potential inauthentic claims, you know, all of these types of different issues. So you can actually block that from going in. And I probably would recommend it as well. Then it goes into stranded and then it will, you know, you can remove it back to yourself. Have it come back to you. You can recheck it. If it's good enough condition, send it back in. OK, you know, that's that's what we do in our business. So I appreciate uh, it's going to be not for everyone, especially if you're not allocated in the country that you're selling in. You know, if you're not living in the country that you're selling in, you know, so it, it's going to be individual whether or not you do it. So, you know, there's no there's no right or wrong answer. It's just kind of personal preference at that stage. So that's an option. Now, if it does go back into your infantry and you resell it, obviously no problem kind of solves itself and you know hopefully it won't get returned again you can get paid out no issue whatsoever hopefully it'll sell at a higher price and um yeah it it's worked out and all is good in the world now if it doesn't go back and they've assessed it that it can't be resold again it will go into your stranded inventory and it really does depend on the reasons so there's a couple of reasons that they'll put it under um you know it could be allocated that it's originally customer damage, distributor damage, warehouse uh, damage. Now, some of those will automatically just get automatic reinstatement. Warehouse damage gets uh, reinstatement, sorry, reimbursement. Warehouse damage gets automatic uh, reimbursement. Customer damage, distributor, uh, distributor damaged is where it's damaged en route to Amazon. Again, if you're using UPS partner carrier, definitely go for reimbursements in that case because the idea that we pay UPS uh, through our Amazon account is we are protected for the goods that we're sending in. So you need to go ahead and prove that it was in good enough condition when it's left. Uh, again, not going too much deep, but that's making sure obviously, um, you know, that if you are taking pictures of your inventory uh, and things like that, just protecting yourself from a distributor damage point of view so it would be up to you to prove it in that case but the other one is customer damage so it comes back and the customer switcherooed it they've done something to it um it's just got damaged throughout the full process they're going to be the hardest to be able to prove and those are going to be the ones that are generally going to be um those are the ones that are generally going to be um the ones that you will get probably instantly declined and you need to make a judgment call on whether or not you want to provide further evidence to those for reimbursement. Now, the easiest thing to do is to do these on uh, a regular basis within your business. Now, the less amount of SKUs you have in your business, the more you're going to be doing it individually. Uh, so the most important thing to do, first of all, depending on where you are in your business, is making a note of the 45 days and then following up after that to see if it has come back into your inventory. If it has not come back into your inventory, apply for reimbursement. But as long as you're doing reimbursements on a regular basis anyway, a minimum of a month, uh, uh, once a month, uh, probably once a fortnight, depending on how many SKUs you've got in your inventory, then hopefully it should kind of be mopped up 
within that as well. But, you know, the top tip, which I always recommend, do not just rely on one route for reimbursement. You know, if you are, uh, depending on the size of your business, if you're a manual reimburser, you know, please use some of the automatic tools that you may already receive part of your paid software uh, as well. So if you use something like Sellerboard, then there's a reimbursements um feature in that go ahead and do that if you've got helium 10 there's a reimbursement if you've got seller toolkit there's a reimbursements features in there but don't rely on just the one because what we found with a massive level of proven experience is that if you rely on just one then you're probably leaving reimbursements on the table use as many different reimbursement uh, opportunities as you can so that's definitely going to be a top tip uh, from me, uh, especially if you're paying for software, um, you know, pay to utilize those features and use, you know, most people will have multiple um, softwares that have reimbursement options on them. So yeah, just make sure that you're doing that as often as you can within your business. And if you've not done it for a while, then what can happen is you can get yourself a, a nice little payday. Uh, Cindy says, I need to find the option. I've looked for it, but can't see it. That's definitely going to be a Matt Cromie question. So if he's still watching, I don't know if he can post that. But if not, I will find out um, where you go ahead and do it. It's probably going to be one of those a bit like the in-stock Head Start program where there's not a specific tag for it or something that you probably just got to go ahead and search for it and it'll be like a tick box or something like that i'd imagine it would be under uh reimbursements uh not reimbursements you know when you go through um inventory and you select whether or not you got automatic stranded inventory that type i'd imagine it's around that sort of area but yeah definitely a map chromey question so we'll we'll get that answered hi scott hope you're well do you know what scott i don't know if you're still watching actually um i went to call my mum earlier this is a bit random and i realized uh i think i might have you sent me a message yesterday oh good okay i think i might have bum dial, uh, dialed you about six times and i don't know why just let me know if i did because i went in to call my mum and i was like oh yeah there we go <laughs> So yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just went in and was like, did I call Scott? And uh, yeah, apologies uh, for that. It must have been like, why is she calling me? Do you know what the worst thing was? I thought I was getting a late night call. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I actually did that once uh, to someone. It was uh, a guy called Chev. And um, it was one of those really embarrassing moments where I bum dialed him and um but it went through and he answered and because it was unusual, I was calling obviously. And, uh, and then he answered. And then at that exact moment, I decided, uh, you know, that was the moment uh, my kids weren't going to bed and, you know, crazy mum came out and I was shouting at my kids to get in bed and everything. And I was literally, I was, I was mortified. So at least you didn't get that. Uh, but apologies. Yeah. I did realize that afterwards. So um right uh so yeah back to back to the questions anyway um so yeah hopefully that answered that question uh next question is actually from uh james robinson um this one is evening i want to put to, uh, i want to put together a, a box of assorted biscuits with some non-food items because of the hfss can i still advertise uh with 
PPC. So here we go. Thanks, Cindy. Appreciate that. Um, no, you can't. Essentially, I know that this was answered and uh, it's a little bit of a controversial one. And, you know, us guys, we've talked extensively on this channel um, about uh, HFSS and what impact it has. And, you know, we didn't know what the options, what impact it was going to have and what it didn't and all these different types of things. So we're not going to go into too much detail. Uh, I'm just going to answer this, you know, as honestly as I can, which is the answer is no, you cannot still advertise with PPC if they are considered to be unhealthy products. And the only way around it is to uh, attend, uh, essentially to tell some porkies, uh, I'm afraid, which is to... Uh, uh, to put it down as healthy. Now, I'm not advocating doing this. I'm not saying you should do it. It's it's entirely up to you. But it's also not a um, an even playing field because there are people that are telling porkies and they are, um, you know, using it. So what I would say is if it's something I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be worth thinking about if everybody was abiding by the rules and Amazon was blocking it, but they're not. So, you know, it's a bit, it's not an even, you know, it's not an even playing field. Um, so from that point of view, uh, it's very difficult. And you guys know me, I'm not a black hatter, um, I'm always by the books, terms of service and everything like that. But it's a little bit unfair when, you know, other people are clearly breaking the rules and getting away with it. So, um, I'm just giving the honest answer is they are that I've looked into it every which way, but loose. There is no other way than to uh, mislead the system. I should say, uh, put it in as healthy and advertise it from that point of view that I'm aware of, unless someone else has figured it out, but there's too many people doing it. And, you know, without sounding arrogant, we're pretty good at working stuff out on Amazon and we've not found a way. I'm not saying it's not impossible that someone else could have found a way, but there's there's too many people um, that have uh, you know have figured uh, that are doing it for to have figured it out and for us not to know. I know that sounds awful. Hopefully you guys know what I mean. So yeah, got to leave it up to you on that one, guys. The only thing I'll add at this moment in time, as of this date, which is uh, June twentieth, twenty twenty three. There are no account health implications to doing that. OK, as it stands, that may change in the future. I'm hoping they'll scrap the whole stupid HFSS thing anyway, because it's not really relevant. And, you know, it's stupid. It's just stupid um, from an Amazon point of view. Not, no, not from an Amazon point of view. I actually think for once this isn't Amazon's fault. You know, I understand the laws and the reasons and everything to change it. But there's no way Amazon, you know, we most of us, uh, the majority of us are should not be bound by these rules. But Amazon cannot go in and, you know, tell the difference and validate. So it has to be a blanket rule uh, across the board. So believe it or not, it sucks. But I do actually agree uh, with Amazon from that point of view uh, that there's there's nothing can be done. So, yeah, that's it, unfortunately. Uh, Scott says, do you sell your bundles in Europe? No, 
we don't at all. So uh, this is a, a good thing. There was always going to be a plug of the week as well. So if you are interested, so I am, believe it or not, looking forward to uh, the start of tonight's training in the hive more the most, to be perfectly honest, because uh, Europe has always been, you know, we've never been uh, pan um, registered or, you know, we haven't sold in Europe since the end of Brexit or the start of Brexit since it was, you know, taken away from that respect from an EFM point of view. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this training. You know, Matthew in particular is absolutely smashing it. Six figures, you know, uh, every single month um, in Europe. It is a treasure trove of opportunity for those that know how to do it and how to to go through navigate the system it's not the easiest thing in the world but you guys hear um you know what we talk about this all the time it is not the lowest hanging fruit and if it is not the lowest hanging fruit that's generally going to be one of the more profitable uh, ways to sell. So I'm really excited about the training. So really, really looking forward to it, definitely. So if you are not a member of the Hive, I saw that Andre said earlier, where is everyone? Is everyone in the Hive? Yeah, of course they are. That's that's where it's at for sure. Uh, so if anyone does want to go ahead and uh, join for tonight's training, then we can pop the link in the comments um, when it comes to it, or it will be in the link in the video if you're watching back on the replay uh, for future Nevermind Buy Box uh, content. Um, and yeah, so uh, we're really looking forward to that. That is going to be a big game changer. That training starts, and it's going to run for about six weeks, I think, that training uh, starts with the introduction tonight on selling in Europe and, you know, looking at some of the opportunities uh, to be able to do it. Um, so Scott says we've recently signed up to all the Euro countries so really excited about the training took a while for the VAT numbers to through yeah absolutely so Matt's going to be covering all of that from all of those different type of angles uh, set up introduction how to do it the opportunities what to do uh, some financials as well we're going to be having some guests that are going to be coming in uh, because you you know we're not tax experts or anything like that so we're going to have some people going to be coming in um, and um, going to be talking about you know the official side of it uh, essentially from not the official I suppose from a not legislation, what's the word I'm thinking of, you know, for what you need to do, your responsibilities, your requirements, I suppose. Uh, Scott says, do you know how often the training is coming out? Uh, it'll be weekly uh, content drops. So tonight will be the introduction. And then on Thursday will be the weekly content drop. And then obviously the Tuesday will be the live where we talk about uh, the training. So yeah, exciting. Uh, but Matt will go into that tonight, uh, you know, with the schedule of the training and what's going to be covered. So uh, if you do want to join and you're watching on a replay, just drop us a comment uh, and we can go ahead and give you that link. OK, so um, there was a couple of extra questions, but as always, time has flown. Um, but I wanted to just things that I wanted to start doing as part of the never mind the buy box every week which is worry of the week win of the week and observation of the week so this is definitely going to be my Jerry Springer moment and I'm always going to try and uh do this every week and what I want to do is is 
if we have a guest on, I want them to do it. If it's myself, Matt or Johnny, you know, talk about these kind of things. So uh, because, you know, in a live setting, it's it's easier to do it and to, to check in with people. So I think the worry of the week is generally from still what I can see is the US Inform Act. Yeah, take care of yourself and each other. Exactly. I might 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 adopt that uh, uh, that tagline. Uh, it's definitely still the USA uh, Inform Act. So again, I appreciate for the majority of people that are selling in the UK, it's probably not an issue, but a lot of people do sell in both the UK and the US now. And we are coming, we are a week away from the dreaded suspension date. Now, I have heard that it has been confirmed that even if you are not verified during this period of time, that um, your account will not be suspended. But you know what? When it comes to those type of comments from Seller Central, I'm afraid I'm a little bit of a skeptic. Uh, we are going to have to wait and see what happens when that date occurs. Now, although I'm calling it worry of the week and it's my worry of the week, it's my worry of the week for you guys. We have actually gone through verification and we have been verified from our US account point of view. So I'm very thankful and grateful for that because it's not the easiest process. So there is still time, though, if you are panicking, thinking I haven't been verified. If you have all the ticks, uh, in my experience, it took about 48 hours after once we received all the ticks for the verification. So if you have all the ticks and it's been within 48 hours, uh, you know, I wouldn't bother chasing it off. If it's over 72 hours, then I would definitely send a message to Seller Central and say that you've submitted all the information. You appreciate they're busy. Uh, but is there any possibility? Because obviously you're worried about that, that 27th of June date. So I would go ahead uh, and chase it if it had been over 72 hours. You may or may not get a response, though. Uh, it really depends. Um, if you are still awaiting, um, the main problem is the tax ID and the business address. So there's two things that you have to, um, you know, request, uh, which is your tax ID, which will either be your limited company UTR or your personal UTR. Now, how long's a piece of string for how long uh, HMRC will send that to you? It could be, you know, I think when we requested ours for the limited company, it was five days. Um, but, you know, they say it could be up to 21 days, up to three weeks. It's generally closer to the shorter date than possible, uh, you know, than they say, uh, because it is just literally a case of, I think they press a button and it gets sent out. But obviously, I can't guarantee it. So the idea is to make sure that you do that as quickly uh, as possible if you have not done it already. And then second one that you have to request is to prove your business address is to have the postcard that is uh, sent to the address that is on the system. Uh, to prove that is your address. Uh, and then what you have to do is, uh, I think you have to scan a code and then you have to input that code and that's how you verify the address. But good old Matt Cromie did tell me today, uh, because obviously not everybody has um, got an address that they have access to, that you can actually request to have it sent to 
a different address as well. So uh, again, if that is the case, once you go through and do it, you can have it, don't worry, you can have it sent to a different address. It's not like a trick question or anything like that whatsoever. So make sure you go ahead uh, and do that again as quickly as possible because that can take a little while to come through. Now, if you submit everything, um, you know, I wouldn't, it's one of those type of things that if you have just received it, like today or found out about it today, then I'm going to be honest, there's a good chance that you're probably not going to hit it by because of those things that I talked about that you need to request. You're probably not going to hit it by the 27th. Um, but obviously, the quickest you can do it as possible, it's not going to be like a normal suspension. That's my suspicion that it's going to be more deactivation that as soon as you do get that information, as soon as someone looks at it and verifies that it is correct, that it will be a very quick reimburse, uh, you know, reinstatement. But what I will say is if you are in a period of time, so this is my top tip for this week for anyone for the worry of the week. Um, if you do not think you are going to hit um, the verification, if you don't think you're going to hit it by next week, this time next week, then I would be re I would be requesting uh, payment disbursements every 24 hours. Okay, because you do not know how long it's going to take uh, after that. So please, please, please make sure um, that you are not leaving big reserves of cash in Amazon at the moment if you are not in a verified state under your account for the US Inform Act. Okay, you've got a week left to, to hopefully get verified. And I suspect as Amazon gets a bit closer, they'll start moving, you know, uh, a quick, uh, you know, they'll start moving uh, a bit better as well. Now, my observation, oh, sorry, my win of the week. So worry of the week, win of the week. This is my win of the week. And I'm going to go through, I'm going to do a post on this tomorrow. So I want everyone to do the same. Is um, I was just telling about someone about this this morning, which is, you know, I'm really grateful for. And it's one of those really good moments you need to recognize, uh, you know, what you're doing within your business and what type of opportunities or, or how it, can facilitate things for you so uh you know we uh so my win of the week this week is uh this week we're booking um you know a new holiday to disney world surprise surprise anyone knows me knows i love disney uh and we go every few years but um the holiday that we are going to be going on uh next year at Disney World, so myself, Matt, and the kids, is going to be fully paid for by Amazon. So what I mean by that is um, we are going to be living our best lives, uh, staying at some of the best Disney hotels, which is paid for by my Amazon timeshare, which is always Amazon timeshare, my Disney timeshare, which has always been paid for by earnings from Amazon. Uh, you know, that facilitates that part of it. Uh, we're going to be flying business class um, and paying to, well, we do have to pay some, sorry. We have to pay, uh, I think it's two and a half thousand for business class flights, but for four people. And then we'll be using Avios points. Uh, for the rest of it, which is facilitated through uh, the US arbitrage business. Um, and then anything else, any extras or whatever is also covered by, you know, Amazon earnings. So it's a, a fully paid holiday 
that is going to be covered by the Amazon business. And we're going to be traveling in style and doing, uh, you know, living our best kind of Amazon life for sure. So that's my win of the week. We're going to be booking that this week. And I'm sure I'll do a, a little flex in the group uh, at some point, you know, just to, just to prove it for those of you that might not believe it for whatever reason. But, you know, if you, if you know me long enough, you know, we go every couple of years anyway, but, you know, don't underestimate. I know Amazon can be a pain in the ass sometimes, but it, it really is important to remember some of the stuff that it facilitates. Yes, there's a moment in time where I'm sure Amazon is going to frustrate the life out of me this week. But I tell you what, when we go on that two week holiday or two and a half week holiday, however long it is uh, next year, it's going to create memories that are going to last, last a lifetime for, you know, me, Matt and the kids and things like that. So which kind of links me into my observation of the week, which is a post that I wrote about this week about only doing what you can do. So if you hadn't had the opportunity to read it, make, please make sure you do. Um, and that really is about balancing your thoughts on Amazon and understanding what level of control that you have. There are certain things that are always going to be outside of your control, probably more so than what is in your control. And those things that are outside of the Amazon control, you've just got to let go of. You've just got to be able to accept that this is part of the business and recognize those good times. So when you have those wins and knowing that time that it's going to be a frustration, that it's all going to be made up for with, you know, a reward in the business, an achievement, a success, something like that within the business is going to make up. It won't make up for it at that moment in time, but it's having the faith and experience and knowing that it will make up for it. It's just going to come back in a different way, uh, essentially. And there, and therefore, if you can do that, you can channel all of that kind of frustration. You can channel all of that energy on, on that negative side of things and you can replace it with a positive but then what it also allows you to do is concentrate on the stuff that you do have control over uh, most of the people that I talk to get so frustrated understandably so I might add as well but there is little to no point of getting frustrated with the things that you cannot control on Amazon because you cannot control them and there is you know there's no point only for if you start working more on focusing what you can control and not what you can control, uh, then that is automatically going to outweigh what you can't control anyway. So the, the good is going to outweigh the bad. And that's how I live my life, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, it sounds a bit kind of kooky, but, you know, whenever I look in look at in life, you know, as long as one thing is more than the other in a positive way, then I'm generally happy. You know, as long as I'm more happy than I am sad, then I consider that self uh, to be in, you know, a fortunate position. That's how you've got to kind of look at it from an Amazon point of view as well. So that's my observation, Jerry Springer style uh, of the week. Um, so hopefully you found that helpful today, guys. I think there was a few golden nuggets that were dropped in there. 
Um, if you are watching this on a replay, please make sure that you do your usual. Give us a thumbs up, drop us a comment uh, and subscribe to the channel so you can make sure you get a notification when we release new videos. So uh, new, video, uh, new video is going to be released every single week as well as the replays uh, for Nevermind the Buy Box as well. So uh, yeah. Give us some love. Show us some love. Uh, subscribe if you haven't done already or give us a thumbs up or, or something like that. Next week, Tom Parkinson is going to be here with me. Same time, uh, one o'clock, Tuesday, the 27th, um, which will be, actually be the deadline for the US Informax as well. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be some questions related around that, considering uh, Tom is a big seller in the US uh, as well. But that's going to be a hugely valuable never mind the buy box that's going to uh i'm sure motivate a lot of people because tom is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to selling on amazon so i'll be really looking forward to that so i'll see you uh this time next week guys uh have a great week and remember focus on the good and shut out the bad see you next week guys bye <laughs>